Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into Reddit in Moderation, the podcast where we talk to subreddit moderators to see what they and their community are all about. This week, we are joined by our first guest, a moderator from r slash bodybuilding to discuss everything related to bodybuilding. Uh, before we get into the interview, I just wanted to briefly discuss why I, standing at a uh, 135 whopping pounds soaking wet, uh, thought to discuss uh, bodybuilding this week. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, I've actually been working out consistently since freshman year of high school on the wrestling team in 2009, so about 12 years. Uh, I got my uh, gym membership sophomore year and even decided to take some uh, failed progress pictures (laughs) as I attempted to gain weight. Uh, The heaviest I have ever weighed was a massive 150 pounds, and that was about two years ago while working out at a local gym called Dave Fisher's Powerhouse Gym. I'm actually repping their merchandise right here. Uh, Dave's gym was and still is a haven for bodybuilding and I would not have gone to my peak uh, weight and fitness strength if I didn't uh, have the advice given to me by Dave and the, uh, the bodybuilders I interacted with there. Um, the bodybuilding community has only been nice to me. They're always very inclusive. They love to just, you know, talk about, uh, you know, how to get big and like what they've done and just pass on all that advice. So um, with that being said, I would like to introduce our first guest, three-year moderator of r slash bodybuilding and expert on getting huge, user Brazen Maiden, AKA Sarah Mouton. Thank you for being here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay, Sarah. So why don't you just tell me about yourself, uh, where you're calling from? I am in Pittsburgh, PA. Okay, great, great. Yeah, it's a far, you know, far distance. We actually had a little bit of a time zone difference we had to work out. I remember that. Yeah. So um, yeah. how did you get into bodybuilding? So I was actually a long distance runner first. Um, I started out doing ultra marathons. <laughs> you started out doing ultra marathons. Yes. So These I started... are the marathons where it's a hundred miles, right? Yeah. A marathon is 26 miles and then ultra marathon is anything longer. And so my goal was to finish a 100. Wow. Wow. So when did you start doing ultra marathons then? Um, 2008, I believe it was. And wow. uh, in 2013, I finally finished a 100 mile race. And then I didn't know what to do with myself. Uh-huh. So you were able to actually finish it. So, I mean, how long does it take to finish uh, an ultra marathon? A uh, hundred miles took me 29 and a half hours. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely even run a 5k. This is so embarrassing. Yeah, it, it was just, um, it was a slow buildup. I started with 5k's and just kept going. So what did you do before the ultra marathons? You were saying that you start with 5k's. Did you start with anything before that? I'm trying to get to the very beginning here in your fitness journey. Yeah, no, um, I did color guard swimming and track in high school and then I stopped after my sophomore year and didn't do anything fitness until I decided to start running in 2008 and I did couch to 5k (laughs) and then ran a 5k and I discovered Dean Karnazes who is a very famous ultra runner and has written several books and I read one of his books in which he runs the Western States 100 miler 
And I said, I want to do that. <laughs> wow. So you went couch to 5K to ultra marathon. Yeah. Um, I did a half marathon and then I skipped right to a 50K, which is about 31 miles. And then I think I went to a 50 miler, a 100K, and then just kept attempting hundreds until I finally finished one. Yeah. So what, what is the training like for an ultra marathon? Like, what do you do? you run a lot <laughs> yeah um pretty much every day and then i would do back to back long runs on the weekends so i might run 20 miles on saturday and 30 miles on sunday and mm-hmm. i would sign up for shorter ultras 50k's 100k's 50 milers as training runs yeah and i w- i would imagine you know uh they don't host that many ultra marathons right so you would have to would you have to travel for the ultra marathons or anything like that there is a surprising number if you know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, my first 50K was probably a half hour from my house. And then the 100 miler I did was a couple hours over right in Ohio. Um, I don't think I ever traveled any farther than the Carolinas for a ultra marathon. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not so bad. So I mean, that's a completely different body type, you know, for running ultra marathons. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to be like really skinny, super lean, probably what, like 4% body fat at the most. Um, No, I was actually much fatter. I got my first bod pod when I was an ultra runner. Really? I came back at, I think it was 22.8%. So I was just skinny fat. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that, that's crazy. I mean, I guess maybe that would kind of help you for the long distance because your body would have to break down the fat to like mid-race, I- I'm assuming, you know, to actually sustain yourself for running for that long. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think your body tends to just want to hold more fuel because it knows it's going to need it. Mm-hmm. So then what was the transition like between ultra marathons to bodybuilding? So it wasn't even a transition. Um, After I ran my 100, I was just done. Um, I had reached my goal and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was kind of floundering for a few months. And then somebody that I was friends with on Facebook did their first prep and did a a bodybuilding show in bikini. And I went, I could do that. So (laughs) I joined a gym and started trying to figure out bodybuilding. And a few months later, I hired my first coach and did my first prep and then did my first competition in 2015. Wow. So, I mean, you just really like jumped into it. Like, I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll hang out at the gym for a little bit and maybe I'll use the machines. But you're just like, I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to compete. Like, I think maybe why you're so successful is that you you just have a goal the entire time. It's not like I'm going to taste this or anything like that. You're like, I want to run this 100 miles or I want to compete, you know, like, do you think that's maybe part of the, you know, your success? Absolutely. I have, I call it my addictive personality. I, I am all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that is super respect, respect, uh, respectful. Like I wish I had that type of personality <laughs> traits. Um, so yeah. What, what, uh, what division do you compete? You were mentioning that you uh, mentioning bikini. Yeah. I started out in bikini and then Um, obviously I didn't have enough muscle and, um, I took 2016 off and then 2017, I was going to do bikini again. And I went to see Gary Udit, who is, um, 
I'm not even sure what his title is. He's very high up in the NPC and IFBB mm-hmm. here. And uh, so I went to see him for some posing. And he said, oh, no, you got too big. You're not bikini anymore. Oh. So I moved into figure. And now I'm kind of on the brink between figure and physique. So i am been doing the both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a lot of people, they can get confused between the different divisions, especially with women's divisions, because I believe there's something like eight of them compared to men's, which is like five. Would you be able to maybe do like a brief rundown on the different divisions or maybe the ones that you're the most familiar with? Like, you know, what they're looking for within the competitors and and styles and stuff like that, maybe even posing styles? Sure, absolutely. I am actually an NPC judge, so I'm Mm -hmm. quite familiar with all of them. Oh, sweet. Um, Bikini is the smallest, it's the least muscle, it is the least lean, Um, it is focused on what's supposed to be a very obtainable look, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very focused on delts and glutes, um, and not so much, you know, quads or um, a large back, the back actually isn't even judged. Oh, interesting. So they don't do any like back poses or anything like that? They do do a back pose, but most girls will cover their back with their hair and we tell them not to move it. We don't want to see it because if we can see it, we're going to judge it and it's probably going to knock you down. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, So then next up from there would be wellness, which is a brand new division. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that must be really new because I've actually never heard of that one. Is that like within the last couple of years or something? I believe last year was oh, the first okay. year that it was added. Very new then. Okay. Very. Um, it's been very popular worldwide. It just came to the U.S. And that's very focused on lower body dominant women. So it's the Brazilian, South American soccer player body type. Very big quads, hamstrings, glutes, and an upper body that's not much larger than bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, and about the same leanness, it seems to be a little leaner. Um, is what they've been rewarding, but not by much. Um, And then above that is figure, which is known for the V taper, wide shoulders, um, a very nice V tapered back, small waist and medium legs and glutes. And that's a little bit leaner than the first two. Mm -hmm. And then you move into women's physique, um, which is much more mass. So you're looking, you know, for delts, they call it the X frame. So you want the big shoulders, the wide back, small waist, but then you want larger legs. Mm -hmm. And then women's bodybuilding is that, but even larger and even leaner. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, for the women's bodybuilding, um, do they have um, like weight classes or uh, height classes or anything like that? Yes. So for all of the divisions, they have height classes, except for women's bodybuilding, which is weight classes. Mm -hmm. And then in the pro leagues, there are no classes. It's just everybody against one another. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Which event did you say that you compete in now? Because you said you started in bikini, but now you're competing in something else. Figure and physique. Figure and physique. Do you, you, do you think eventually you'll want to get like to um, like the bodybuilding where, you know, the, the, the largest physique, or do you think that you kind of fall within your own niche and you just want to excel at that? Um, I've found that I think I very much enjoy physique. I am not big on wearing heels. I'm a little awkward in them. I like the posing for women's physique better. Um, and I do like to get 
as lean as I can. I just think it's really cool. So it's nice to not worry about being too lean. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I'm not completely familiar with how going pro works in bodybuilding, but I know that there's such thing as a pro card. And I know that that's pretty hard to obtain. You know, in fact, at the uh, gym I, I went to that, I, you know, mentioned about Dave Fisher's powerhouse gym, they would let people with pro cards uh, work out there for free. Um, now, so how does the pro card or going pro uh, work in um, your division? So it's the same for all divisions within the NPC. You mm -hmm. have to compete at a qualifying show. So a, a local or regional show. Um, and it's usually placed top two in your open class. Mm -hmm. So they'll have classes like novice, which is for people that have never won, true novice for people who've never competed. Those don't count. It has to be just the open division. Um, and if you, right now, because of COVID, they've changed the rules. I think it's like top five right now, um, but usually it's top two. So if you place in that, you're qualified to go to a national level show. Um, I believe there's nine national level shows in the US. There might be um, a couple more now, it kind of changes. And those have their own criteria depending on the show where it can be top one or top two in your class. And sometimes it's only a certain number of the um, overall winners that are awarded their pro card. Mm. So there's a whole process to getting the pro card. It's not just one competition. You have to go through different levels of competition. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot different from a lot of the other federations in that there's levels to it. Now, how was your personal journey for getting the pro card? Was it easy or were there a lot of challenges along the way? I have not quite gotten there yet. Um, I just did um, my second national level show three and a half weeks ago, and I placed second. And unfortunately, it was one of the shows where only the class winner gets a pro card. Wow. So. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I would just look at you and assume like, oh, instant pro card or something like that. So even somebody with like a, a very well, you know, defined physique has struggles. So that makes me feel a little bit better, better about myself. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what do you think um, maybe are some things that you would need to work on to get you to that, that pro card level? My, feed, my feedback from the judges was to bring exactly what I brought, that I looked great, but bigger. So I just need more size. Oh, okay. And so that just kind of takes more time, more eating, and all that stuff. Um, so what, what do you think, uh, as far as competition goes, um, you know, like, I'd, there's probably like three main things, just eating, exercise, and then there's the posing that goes all into the, the competition and, and cutting weight and stuff like that, too. There's, there's tons of things. But what do you think like um, are like the three most important things for like preparing for a competition? Definitely the diet. You yeah. can't, you can't outrun out cardio or hide cheating on your diet. Mm -hmm. um, it will, it will catch you. Um, and then beyond that, you know, you got to treat your off season as if it's a prep, you got to lift with intensity and purpose and go to the gym every day mm -hmm. as if you're preparing for that contest. And then on the other side of that is just the mental game. Um, a lot of people 
will start self-sabotaging. They, they get in that self-doubt. And um, if you can't control your emotions and be in total control of um, your mental game, it will break you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think it's for a lot of people, myself included, you know, mental game is actually one of the biggest things because if your mental game is not right, not only are your workouts going to be good, but your diet's not going to be good too. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things for me is why I'm so is is not because the hours in the gym is just, I just cannot eat. I really just, oh, it's, it's so hard. It's so yeah, hard. My husband has the same struggle. And then I'm the opposite. I, I could eat all day. I would oh, be really? completely overweight if I didn't <laughs> discipline myself. <laughs> So what is like, what is your diet like in a, in a day? Um, so right now I'm reversing out of my show. So my calories are going up. Um, in the morning, it's pretty standard egg whites, some eggs, spinach, oats, blueberries. Um, I have oats with whey twice a day. And then um, chicken, sweet potatoes, avocado, green beans, mm-hmm. um, egg whites and rice at night um a little bit of almond butter uh if and then uh post-workout i have steak and rice okay so mostly whole foods it sounds like um you don't do a lot of like supplementation or anything like that like you don't take whey protein or isolates i do um i have whey protein isolate twice a day in my oats oh okay so you just kind of mix it all together yeah um it's just quick and easy Do you count um, like your calories in, calories out thing, or do you just kind of feel your way through the process? So I actually have my own coach um, and he asked me if I wanted macros or a meal plan. And I said, just tell me what to do. So I don't, I don't generally know how many calories I'm eating or what my macros are. Mm -hmm. I just do what I'm told. Uh, (laughs) It's a lot easier to not. I think that's why I went wrong actually. Cause I think I got, I got way too into it. I was just thinking like, okay, I have to have this many calories. You know, I was using uh, my fitness pal for like every single meal that I ate took a long time. And it's kind of discouraging, you know, cause you ha- not only have to cook all the meals, but then you have to weigh out like all the calories and, and stuff like that. So maybe I should have just brought the meal prep. So I think that that's actually a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I can overthink anything. So, yeah. um, so have you, so as far as working out, like, what do you do for your, like, workouts? Uh, do you, um, like, have a workout program designed by your coach, too? Yes, he has me on a five-day split. Um, I have two leg days, a back and biceps day, a chest delts and tries day, and then a arms and delts day. And then I get to throw in calves and abs three times a week, wherever I want. Okay. I mean, that sounds like a pretty like standard, you know, workout program. I, you know, I've seen some really weird workout programs and maybe I, I just wanted to ask you about this. There's somebody that told me that it was first like just beneficial to hit um, legs and biceps in the same day. But I was just like, how could it ever be beneficial to hit legs and biceps in the same? Like, have you ever heard of anything like that? So I know there's people that, are like, oh, squatting and, and doing legs like increases your GH and stuff. But um, as far as I'm aware, it's not to a level that really is going to affect anything. Okay, I see. So they're maybe just trying to increase their hormones to like help with other um, parts of their body. Is that is that what you're thinking? 
that would be my guess. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if your growth hormone increases, it doesn't matter if you worked biceps today or yesterday, they're still recovering and they're going to grow. Yeah. I don't know. I still think that guy was a kook. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of, that's overthinking for sure. Have you ever uh, been like injured while working out and had to recover from anything? Um, Thankfully, nothing major, but I have scoliosis, so I struggle a lot um, with like minor imbalances, back pain, Mm -hmm. hip pain. Um, Squatting is definitely my weakest movement. I tend to have a lateral shift. um, Uh. So I have to be very careful with um, a lot of heavier compound movements. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that, do you have to do anything, you know, uh, in your routines for like posing to kind of hide that you have scoliosis? Like do judges look for curvature in the spine or anything like that? So it's not that they look for it, but they will notice it. I think that's one of the reasons that I do better in physique than figure. Mm -hmm. Um, Figure only has quarter turns. So you face front, side, back, other side, back to the front, um, which really shows all of your imbalances. Whereas physique, you get to do a front double by and a back double by and ab and thigh, and you can tweak your poses and they don't have to be perfectly symmetrical. Um, so I can hide the imbalances and the scoliosis a lot more with that posing. Mm, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so how much, like, how do you like divide your time? Like how much time do you think that you spend like eating slash meal prep uh, versus like going to the gym and or like working on posing or, you know, um, I don't know if you like do like research into supplements or anything like that, like doing research. So h- how do you divide your time throughout the day? Um, wow. My entire day, I would say almost completely falls into bodybuilding of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah. Um, my husband is also a competitor, so that's 12 meals a day that I weigh out. Um, he works from home, but his job is quite demanding. So mm. um, like every two and a half, three hours, I'm making two meals and taking one down to him. And then um, I have my clients, um, some, you know, writing, programming, researching, doing stuff for them. Uh, probably the first two or three hours of my day, most days. And then I'm also in school. So I probably spend, you know, a couple hours every few days working on school research and projects. Mm -hmm. And then I spend about two hours in the gym lifting uh, five days a week. Uh, Right now I'm on 30 minutes of cardio three times a week. Um, I try to... If I'm on prep, I pose every day, um, 10, 15, 20 minutes. If in the off season, I try to do it at least three or four times a week. Um, but I also have posing clients. So I spend time posing with them as well. Um, yeah, I, I feel like most of my waking hours revolve around. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Like, do you, do you even have time to sleep? really know between um, working for a tanning company for shows and judging shows and having clients. um, It's absolutely not unheard of for me to just (laughs) go straight through for a few days straight. Really? Wow. Because, you know, I would imagine, you know, part of the, you know, the recovery process is, you know, sleeping and getting enough sleep. So 
I mean, <laughs> you're really working your body to the limits, then that's really insane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I get downtime, I definitely can sleep for like a full day straight. <laughs> yeah. And so you say that you work with clients as a trainer and as well as um, you create programs for them and everything. Do you train other bodybuilders or do you train, uh, you know, just regular gym goers, people trying to get into shape? I have clients of all kinds. I have um, heavily overweight clients that are looking to get down to normal weight and be healthy. Um, I have competitors. I have people that want to look like competitors. I have power lifters. Um, and I have like a client right now that is a police officer that's looking to pass the sweat test. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you're really working with everybody. Um, so I, I do want to touch on something. Um, so I, I noticed obviously you're a female and, you know, bodybuilding is a male dominated industry for the most part. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So how do you feel like your experience is different, like being a female? Like, do you feel like there's any like stigma that you face or, you know, any backlash that you get? And then if so, like, how do you deal with it? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's actually how I became a moderator. Um, our bodybuilding used to be a much rougher place to be a woman. And um so I was asked to become a moderator and do like a weekly thread focused on women. Um, and that's kind of fallen by the wayside now, but it kind of transformed into me making sure that any post by a woman didn't get all of the sexual comments and harassment that was so common, um, cleaning those up and warning people like not to do that. Um, and it's actually, I, I've been very proud. Our bodybuilding has become a much friendlier place for women in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, I, you know, now that you mentioned it, I feel like I did, you know, used to see like, I, I've, you know, subscribed to the page for maybe like seven years or eight years. And I feel like I did used to see a lot of like misogynistic um, comments and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, I really don't really feel like I see it too often anymore. So I think, uh, maybe you being involved in the community has actually had, you know, a significant impact. Yeah. I see it a lot now where um, a negative or harassing or sexual comment gets downvoted to oblivion and people will just pile on and be like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And that makes me so happy to see, because I go in and I delete those comments, but I probably don't even really need to. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so do you feel like now you're starting to get like more positive attention, you know, uh, like in the, you know, by being a female bodybuilder, like, you know, if you go to competitions, maybe like people are more supportive. Like, do you feel like it's changed, you know, recently over the past couple of years? Um, at competitions, it has always been positive. Um, I feel like anybody that competes respects other people that compete, especially mm -hmm. if they do it seriously. It's more the world at large um, that doesn't understand, that thinks that women should be small and not take up space and yeah. that muscles are manly or, um, you know, anybody that might take uh, steroids or anything like that is probably crazy and like some kind of horrible person that's beating their spouse. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions about bodybuilding in general um, let alone being a woman that does it. Mm -hmm. 
Now, do you feel like you get a lot of attention, uh, both, you know, positive or negative, just for having muscles? Like when you walk into a room or you go to the grocery store, like do people notice and like stare at you a little bit or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, it's a lot worse. Like right now when I'm, you know, in contest shape and I'm pretty shredded, um, I laugh because most of my tanning crew is competitors and we'll be driving to shows we'll stop at a, a rest station um along the turnpike or something and as soon as we get out of a car it's like the parting of the red sea because you know there's two three four large women walking through and people just they move out of our way like we're going to hurt them <laughs> i mean that's gonna be a pretty sick sight to behold not gonna lie that's it's awesome. somewhat entertaining but it's also gets old because i'm like yeah i yeah. would never hurt anybody like <laughs> I'm so nice and yeah. people just yeah you know when I, when I was at the uh the bodybuilding gym uh that I used to train at uh there was um a female bodybuilder there I know I only know her first name is Mary and she her whole thing was she was a mother of five children she was maybe like 40s early 50s and she was just ripped like she was really intimidating looking but if you ever talked to her she was just like the nicest person you know like like hey do you need a spot or anything like that like I'm right here and so I, I've always just been very just in admiration of not only bodybuilders but I think female bodybuilders you know yes for sure I I love my bodybuilding family I've never experienced more kindness and and warmth than I have the, in this community yeah um so who do you think like um speaking of like bodybuilders like who do you think uh has been like a big influence on you in your bodybuilding career it doesn't have to be a bodybuilder but if you know any bodybuilders that influenced you Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say first off, Emily Schubert. Um, she's a women's physique pro. She's actually going to be at the Olympia for the first time this year. Oh, nice. um, So when I first did figure in 2017, she was in my class. We stepped on stage together. Um, I believe we placed one spot apart and um, we ended up signing up with the same coach that after that show. Um, so we we were pretty close for a while. And um, I watched her go from amateur to pro to winning a pro show and going to the Olympia this year. Um, so she really made me believe like, oh yeah, this is totally possible. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the Olympia and how she's going to be competing in the Olympia. Um, are, are there any like, uh, you know, qualifying Olympians that you're following uh, this year? I think it's coming up in uh, October, right? Yes, it should be, I think, six weeks away or something now. It's coming mm -hmm. up very quickly. Um, I follow pretty much all of the figure and women's physique pros that are going in. Um, I believe my coach has two or three female bodybuilders and one or two fitness pros, maybe a few physique women that are all going in. Um, so I follow probably most of the women and then a few of the bigger name men, uh, Ian Valier and Chris Bumstead and, you know, the popular men. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's pretty crazy that, you know, you're training under somebody that's training like all these Olympians. Like if anybody's going to get you to the Olympia, like it'd be that person. Um, do you have goals of maybe competing in the Olympia one day? Um, if I ever thought I could get there, I would try. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, 
I think with scoliosis and, you know, my structure that that's probably never in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal right now would be to get that pro card. And then um, Rich Siegelman, who's a IFBB pro, uh, and now he MCs a lot of shows and he's also an actor out there in Hollywood. Um, he has a master's pro show in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that would be my first one because he's become a, a good friend and very supportive of all my bodybuilding endeavors. So that would be my first pro show, I think. Nice, nice. Um, so of the males, you know, I think people are probably looking at um for the i think for the men's bodybuilding probably brandon curry phil heath and big rammy i, I believe big rammy la- uh, won last year have you been following them like do you do you think you know do you have like a, a speculation as to who might win this year i don't i you know i think i do think phil's reign is probably over yeah um I mean, he won like seven times, you know? <laughs> yes, he's had a very good run. Yeah. But I do think that the judging seems to be moving in new directions. Um, and the younger blood that's coming in is amazing. Um, but I, I just don't feel like I have as good of a grasp on like men's bodybuilding, especially the open. Um that's just like a little out of my depth. I've never mm-hmm. even coached a body male bodybuilder. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. but you were saying, you know, the judging is shifting. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like, what are they looking for now? Um, I see it in all the divisions. This is just a sport that evolves. Um, bikini had much, much less muscle when it came in a few years ago. Um, and it was nowhere near as lean. Um, now the women have, capped delts um they have glutes that i'm like how did you even get that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've seen that too and they come in so lean like i've when you're sitting at the judges table and you can see so much i've noticed that they'll smile and i can see jaw striations Mm -hmm. and they're trying to pose very carefully and gently so that you don't see their glute striations and i'm like and this is the least lean category Mm -hmm. like it, it changed so much. And it's the same with figure. Um, women's bodybuilding, you know, was removed from the NPC and IFBB for a couple years. And it seemed like physique moved up and filled that gap. And then figure just followed right behind physique and got bigger as well. Um, and then it got leaner and harder and drier. And, you know, it's, people complain it's kind of crossing boundaries and I somewhat agree that the lines keep getting blurred, but I think that comes with the territory of competitors are always pushing the boundary. How far can I take my size? How far can I take my shape? How far Mm -hmm. can I take lean, hard, dry? And if we as judges reward that, of course, it's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying that the competition is getting leaner, but do you think that the like amount of mass is also getting smaller too? Or do you think that judges still want just, you know, as much mass within that category, but you know, a leaner type? Um, I would say that bikini has gotten somewhat smaller since wellness came in. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the other categories have continued to grow. Mm. Um, 
at least for women, and I'm pretty sure it's the same for men, I see it with men's physique that um, guys can cross over between men's physique, classic physique, and bodybuilding. Because mm-hmm. the upper body is just mass all yeah, the way across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been pretty crazy. I would really like to see more division between the divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and very obvious differences okay well you're making me sound I, I feel like more motivated bodybuild now because apparently I have I have a very lean physique so maybe I actually <laughs> I have a chance I just have to put on some more mass <laughs> absolutely um let me see what else here um so you know we talked about you um yeah your your time and your schedule is really packed and everything but you still make the time to be a moderator. So like how, how much time do you spend like moderating the uh, uh, bodybuilding community on Reddit? I try to pop in once or twice a day and just go through new posts and um, clean everything up. And then if I'm doing cardio or um, if I'm in the car and my husband's driving, that's usually a great opportunity to actually go through posts and read comments and mm-hmm. clean those up. So it's usually just anytime I have a little break or whatever, I'll pop in. But like my end of my prep and then my husband competed this past weekend. So I moderated a lot less the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just a balance. Uh, you're, you basically, you, your job as a moderator is to clean up the uh, posts and the comments. Um, do you feel like you've had to do more or less work? Like as you've been there, do you think it's getting cleaner? So you don't really have to work as hard or what would you say about that? No, our bodybuilding has reached the front page enough times and bodybuilding is becoming more popular. So mm-hmm. we're growing quickly. Um, and people don't, know that the community isn't the same as our fitness or our weight room or any of the other subs so I clean up a lot more general transformation general fitness um not competitive sport of bodybuilding posts Mm -hmm. than I ever had to before um but thankfully it's become kind of a more friendly community so I feel like I clean up a lot less toxic posts okay yeah that's good yeah, I noticed that it's just reading the FAQ, you know, it's just like, this is, you know, specifically for bodybuilding, like if you want to like learn how to lose weight and stuff, like you got to lose it. So I, I think you guys make it pretty transparent, but I can see so a lot of people like getting confused and just like posting in the subreddit and stuff like that. Yeah, they just find it and they don't take the time to read the FAQ. And I've we've talked about having maybe like a time limit on having to be a member for so long before you post. But Oh, that's smart we've never actually implemented that. And I think that's kind of the problem is people find it and they immediately go, Oh, perfect. I'll post Mm -hmm. my question here. Yeah. So how did you become a moderator? Like, I know that you said you wanted to like clean up the community and stuff, but like, did you get asked to become a moderator or did you like talk to another moderator and say like, Hey, this is what I kind of want to do within the community. So how, how did that actually happen? So one of the other moderators, uh, D-D-D-D-D John, uh, mm. better known as Goob in the in the sub. Huh? Um, he's a very good friend of ours. Um, we were actually roommates for a while. Um, my husband and him are business partners. Oh, nice. So 
John and I are very, very familiar. And um, when he was like, we need more of a female presence here. And he was like, what do you think, Sarah? Are you up for it? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. Nice, nice. Well, it's kind of cool that you like actually know some of the other like moderators. Do you know any of the other, other moderators in person or is it just that, that one? Yeah, actually, um, DZ, I think his username is like D-E-E-Z 3001 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually gone and lifted together. He's local to me. Oh, okay. And then I'm in like I have some of the other moderators on like Snapchat and Instagram and and we talk. Um, so for the most part, we're all pretty friendly outside of Reddit as well. Nice, nice, cool that you are like really like involved in the in the community on like a personal basis too. I think that's actually really quite. Cool. I feel like uh, you know as I you know talk to other you know communities, I'm gonna find out that they probably had never interact with each other. So I think it's gonna be it's cool that you guys are able to actually interact with each other. Yeah, the bodybuilding community is just like that um, pylon that just posted his uh, show uh, update post. I go to the same gym as him sometimes, so we've met several times. I was working the show that he was at, uh, which is also the one my husband did, so they got to meet. Um, And then, like, so I've met several people off the sub we plan if we're going to be at the Arnold or the Olympia, or if I'm going to a gym out of town, we plan meetups. And so it's, it's been really good for expanding my friendships. Mm-hmm. So what type of content do you like to see the most on our building bodybuilding and what type of content do you like dislike seeing the most? Um, I love seeing people's preps. I really like to see people talk about their protocols, everything from diet and training to steroid usage. Um, I like to see people be very open about what they what they do and use. And um, I really encourage people to share pictures because it's hard to know who you're getting advice from. And mm. you don't want to take advice from somebody that you don't want to look like. Or... <laughs> like me right here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure that like, you know plenty as a as a nurse mm-hmm. but you probably can't tell me how to peak for my next pro attempt like, no no I can tell you how to put an IV in though I can tell you how to do that I might need that after <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right you could graduate <laughs> yeah so I like I love to see really informative posts and open posts and the ones that annoy me are really the ones that are just self-congratulatory um there are quite a few people that they just want to promote their youtube they want to become a coach they want to be the next instagram you know whatever but i'm like you'll get that by being honest and open and part of the community yeah i i definitely agree with that and i think it's like the number one rule on your community is just like no self-promotion you know just people don't want to read the, the rules and as a moderator that's got to be like super frustrating yeah it's more frustrating for me because I was like a pseudo mod um because I was just supposed to like help be more of a female presence and just mm-hmm. kind of clean things up so I don't have band powers mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh so you're like, really gonna do anything about it then oh. yeah I have, to, I have to go talk to the other mods and be like this person's being <laughs> mean can we can we ban them <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. 
Um, on a more serious note, like you mentioned steroids, and I just want to preface this with saying I'm actually pro steroids as long as like people are honest about it. I just don't like people that are, you know, like fake natties and stuff like that, because it's just so obvious. It's just so obvious. And they're just lying. And they all these people that follow them, maybe they don't know it. And then they think that they can get to where they're at, you know, without, you know, performance enhancing drugs. So I, you know, I'm, I'm for it as long as people are honest about it. So I was wondering what your thoughts on uh, performance enhancing drugs are. Absolutely. Um, if you are going to do this at a high competitive level, um, it's, it's just a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think that you're going to go pro in anything except maybe bikini, and even that's questionable, Mm -hmm. um, you are going to have to take performance enhancing drugs. You're probably going to have to take anabolic steroids, metabolic stimulants, um, you might have to take things like T3 and T4. It's it's just, it is what it is now with how large and lean every division has gotten. Yeah. Um, I just very much encourage people to do their research. Don't just do it because a coach said so. Mm-hmm. Know what you're taking. Um, be aware of the consequences and get your blood work and know your health markers before, during, and after, and be aware of what they mean. Yeah, I think those are really good points is it it really can be dangerous. You know, you're almost doing a science experiment on your body, all your lab work gets crazy, and it starts affecting other muscles, you know, like such as your heart, like a lot of people don't understand that people get cardiomegaly. So their heart actually enlarges to accommodate for all the muscle and everything. And you can actually die from that you can go into heart failure. And and that happens to some bodybuilders too. There was, um, I think it was Rich Piana. Well, I'm not sure if it was technically a bodybuilder or not, but he was at least like, you know, uh, an influence within the bodybuilding like community. And he recently died. Um, you know, they, they said that they found like some performance enhancing drugs and maybe even cocaine and, and stuff like that. So it can be like, yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Rich was very open about his use mm-hmm. um, for many, many years. And then recently we've lost um, John Meadows. Mm -hmm. And um, I also lost a friend July 31st, uh, Sophia Graham. Uh, She had just placed top five at Universe. She was only 25. And she passed in her sleep. And I do not know the cause of death, but I'm assuming that the steps that we have to take as competitors did not help with whatever underlying condition caused that um and then just this past weekend um the community lost alina casanova um just before the spain pro uh the europa um and we still don't know the cause of death on that one either but it's it's usually obvious to us that they're it had to be a contributing factor. Yeah. Um, People just need to recognize, like if you are buying performance enhancing drugs off the internet with Bitcoin, this is brewed in somebody's kitchen with powders, probably imported from China, um, mixed with some oils in their kitchen. And if, and it may or may not be filtered. You need to be aware that sources get in a rush and may not filter things, then you're looking at infection. Be aware Mm -hmm. that oral drugs are liver toxic and 
things like clenbuterol are heart damaging. Um, so you have to be very aware of the consequences of what you're doing and sure that that risk is worth taking. Yeah, I think that those are all really good points. Um, so I, I think, you know, maybe we should get to a lighter subject now. Um, sure. So I wanted to maybe go over some of the uh, uh, posts from uh, our bodybuilding. Um, and I noticed that when I looked at the top posts of all time, uh, four out of five of them are from uh, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> I get he's, you know, obviously a major influence within the bodybuilding community, but I was wondering maybe uh, does he mean anything to you personally? Like, what do you think about Arnold Schwarzenegger and his involvement in the community? I think Arnold made bodybuilding what it is today. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we would have the notoriety, popularity, and visibility that we do if it wasn't for him. Um, you know, not only did he bring it to the forefront uh, as he became an actor and a very famous one, mm -hmm but he puts on the Arnold sports festivals. Yeah. Um, he's still very much involved. He's on Reddit as you gov Schwarzenegger. Yeah. That's what it was. I, I, I didn't want to butcher his name, but that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he pops in he'll, sometimes people tag him and he'll, he'll pop in and give a response. And I'm like, okay, he's the governor and he's still lifting and he's doing all this stuff, but he'll still come in and talk to some bodybuilders. Yeah, he's he's killing it. He's such he just seems like such a good, genuine guy, you know. And I loved uh, Pumping Iron too. That was such a classic movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just you when you think bodybuilding, you think Arnold. Mm -hmm. Do you have any like uh posts, you know, specifically that you remember within R slash bodybuilding? Uh like that you remember fondly or anything like that? Uh honestly. I would say probably some Dana Lynn Bailey ones way back when I first started, mm -hmm. back when she was winning the Olympia, um, before I knew that, that that wasn't just naturally possible. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and I'll look like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wanted to actually show you uh, when I was going through the subreddit, I, two posts that really popped out to me, two of my favorite posts here. So let me actually just share my screen real quick. Share the sound. Okay, can you see my screen? Mm -hmm. So this, this right here is probably my favorite. This is Rhonda Coleman. And <laughs> you <laughs> it's like a compilation of screaming. I'm just gonna let this roll for about like 10 seconds. One, two, three. I was gonna end it on. <laughs> I don't know. I just, something about Ronnie Coleman just always gets me hyped up. I can listen to him while I'm working out, just him just going lightweight, lightweight, and I'll, I'll just get so hyped and I'll just. I'll lift heavier weights and oh, absolutely man. if you've never screamed ain't nothing but a peanut before your lifts <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. not a real bodybuilder <laughs> that's true that's true um and then one other uh post here on a, a more serious note and i think it's really cool and i think this really highlights 
the uh, the power of not only Reddit, but your specific subreddit, r slash bodybuilding. Now, you've been moderating for three years, so I'm not sure if you went back in time and saw this because this is a post from six years ago. Um, hopefully, you can see on my screen. Uh, and this is a post by user Courser. And basically, I I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's here if you want to read it. Uh, but his brother was um, autistic, and he was also diagnosed with a fatal form of cancer. And so what he wanted to do with his brother, because his brother was such a big fan of uh, bodybuilding, uh, he wanted to see if he could get in touch with the, uh, the champion himself, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so he wasn't able to get to him directly through email, but through the power of Reddit and r slash bodybuilding, uh, you guys helped him create, I think it was a hashtag. It was uh, the hashtag help Todd movement. And you guys were able to get it, you know, so loud that Governor Schwarzenegger saw it and actually responded. And actually, um, I believe he like uh, video called him and he like, you know, did all this nice stuff for his brother that, you know, he really just would not have been able to do without you guys. And I, I think that's amazing. Yes, I am familiar with this post. I believe if you dig, there's actually a follow up to this with like some pictures of the brother with the package that he got from Arnold and um, like like an additional update to the, how it all actually happened. And this pops back up like probably at least once a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought that that was such a cool story. He did mention here that um, uh, he was saying that to the moderators, he sends out a care package. Now, did you ever receive a care package? No, but as you've noted, this was before I became a moderator. Yeah. Do you happen to know if your friend, I think you said his name was John or something like that. Did he ever receive anything? I don't think he became a moderator much before I did. Um, the, the old guard um, is kind of no longer around. Um, mm -hmm. several of them, I don't know what happened. Their accounts have just been inactive for a long time. Um, and then we did lose one about a year, year and a half ago. Um, so a lot of the moderators that are in place now are all from around the time that I became a moderator. Oh, so a little bit of turnover. So the, I, you know, what about the, um, the person who originally created the community, Do you know, if he's still around? No, um, that's a conversation that we've had as moderators is there's like a hierarchy. Um, and so like the original creator and then the mods that they brought in. And so the newer mod you are, you can't do anything to the mods that were before you. So we have these accounts that could just one day be stolen or reactivate and come in and just like delete the community away. Like, oh take the rest of us off as mods. And we have no way to stop that or get rid of them because of that seniority hierarchy that Reddit put in place. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, do you feel like there's potential for that to happen or do you feel like the community is like pretty stable and the moderators are pretty stable? Um, I think we're pretty stable, but like I worry because as I said, we did have one moderator that passed away that was more senior than most of us. Mm -hmm. um, and his account's still listed as a moderator. So if somebody was able to hack his account, there's nothing we could do. Oh, that's true. That is kind of like a security issue. 
uh, they're yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah, so it's a concern, but hopefully nobody will do that to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, I, I think, you know, it's been about an hour, close to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, uh, so I want to, again, thank you so much for being here today. You know, it's such a wonderful experience. And I just really loved having this conversation with you. Um, is there any, like, thing that you wanted to add? Any shout, shout outs? Uh, you know, thank you to you for having me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank you to the other mods, uh, Jim Bull and Fiona and DZ and Troy. Um, you know, I'm just so happy to be part of such a wonderful community that brings me opportunities to do things like this okay well great well again thank you so much for having me um you know we'll talk later and if you want to like post your you know uh your training page or anything like that we can work that out but uh yeah i'm just so excited about how, how well this interview went so yeah thank you me too i'm looking forward to hearing more in the future okay well you have a good one okay bye you too good night